0: This is episode 31 for Tuesday, January 19th, 2016, brought to you from Arlington, Texas. This week, we'll have our first brewery spotlight featuring Backcountry Brewing. Bienvenidos a Brewstyles. Welcome to Brewstyles. My name is Eddie, and together with Chris, Travis, and Sawyer, we take on the roll of beer one style at a time. Every week, we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast may be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Brew underscore Styles. Drop by our website, BrewStyles.com, where you can stream every episode Check out our photo gallery and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Bruce Styles.
1: How are you guys doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. Whoa! Oh, what was that? I, I don't. Who are you? What have you done with Sawyer? This is
2: this is sober Sawyer.
1: Oh.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that's what we were
0: expecting. It didn't happen.
1: Oh, I thought I'd change it up a little bit.
0: All right. Weird. Sorry. Yeah. I like not so sober Sawyer.
2: <laughs> yeah, like we talked about, he's got like a 15 minute window of where he's not intoxicated. So starting
1: now. now. Yep, yep. yep.
2: <laughs> it
3: has begun. No, you just took a sip of Rancor so cut that down to like five minutes. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: and uh, Sir Car is joining us today. Yo. So, Did to you almost forget his name? Yeah, I blanked <laughs> out for half a second. I was about to call him Sawyer too. I was like, well, How many people
2: do you know named Sir Car?
0: Twenty one
2: that's okay last time he was on Sawyer forgot to introduce him he's like yeah. well we're gonna start be talking about this style so Travis go- you forgot to introduce our uh, guest
4: in oh. his defense the lights were off But <laughs> yeah, yeah, the window was open and it's daytime so just saying I'm sorry He saw teeth <laughs> and I'm not even that dark if you guys <laughs> see the
0: YouTube video where the guy's like closing his eyes and opening his eyes and you can't, you can't see him because it's dark on the video but he Smiles and he opens his eyes. You can see teeth and eyeballs all of a sudden. <laughs> no, no idea what you are talking about.
2: It's funny. I'll show it to you later. <laughs> Anybody do anything interesting this week?
0: Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if I can talk about this on the podcast. If we can't, just cut it out. Uh, I started my first week uh, substitute teaching. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. Virtual cool. high
1: five. Yeah. <laughs> I went so, to Mexico. All right. Now that's interesting.
2: Were yeah. you substituting in Mexico? I, no,
1: no, not at all. I was down there for a wedding. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: How was that? It was good. They're interesting, it was huh?
5: good.
1: Yeah, you have you, some Dos Equis. You know, shockingly, I did not have a single beer while I was down there. Uh, it was mainly all tequila? liquor. <laughs> yes. Yep. Was it because you were in rehab? Tukula. The
4: tequila? No, I was not in rehab. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, did they
2: have
4: beer available? Yes, hmm. I think they did. Are you sure you yeah. weren't in rehab? It, city,
0: yes. city weddings are a little different than uh, the country weddings. Yes. It's just like here. This yeah.
1: was a very expensive yeah. wedding.
0: Yeah, and, and in the country where my parents are from, uh, it's just just beer. Uh, it's <laughs> and tequila. And I'll, it,
1: I'll put it to you this way. The band that they no. hired Negro was $4,000 alone. Whoa! The what? The band that they hired cost cheap. four grand. That's cheap. American dollars. That's oh, cheap. In pesos, it's even more. Yeah. yeah. No, it, that's, no, that's actually pretty pesos. cheap. But that's you know cheap. what? They were really good. Yeah. It was a good time. Yeah, worth that, every peso? Huh? Were they worth every peso? Uh, yes, <laughs> they were worth every peso. <laughs> no, that,
0: that's cheap. It, not, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm sure it's still a good band. But uh, I mean, the, the really good bands, $30,000. Easy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs>
1: They had like nine people in their band. It was insane. But they were really good. Yeah. Anyways, that's what I did. Yeah. What about I you didn't guys? do anything interesting this week. No. I just went to work. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I retired truck driving. So,
1: <laughs> yay.
0: I might do it every once in a while again, but not, not full time like I did.
2: I'd be pretty tired of it, too, after doing it for so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two years.
0: So. My I'm dad's been doing thing. it for like
2: 17. Yep. Uh, yeah, well. I guess that's why you retired. <laughs>
4: i see what you did there
2: oh oh, oh,
4: oh
1: <laughs> it's even turned on it's all the way turned on oh. oh anyways maybe it needs to be turned up thank yeah. you for listening yes because you are listening
2: yeah we now have 51 twitter followers so we right. mm. broke the uh the half dollar mark that's cool yay so Let's thank you for a listening a if you. you uh Enjoy it, and you'd like to Fiesta. hear it week after week, then hit that subscribe button. Tell your kids, tell We your certainly wife. appreciate
1: it. No. Can we have a pizza party? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Uh,
1: that was late. like two minutes
3: later, <laughs> I had Travis. had it up. <laughs> <laughs> I blame Apple.
2: <clears throat> Slow boot time.
3: Well, um, if you get a chance, please go to iTunes and post up a review. Let us know what you think about the show, uh, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, all the all of that. That way we can help you by bringing you the information you need. <laughs> <laughs> That's an old you know, intro. Is that not in the new one? I forget. I
0: don't know. I don't know. You should have done the OCD sample voice. <laughs> uh,
2: uh, uh, just, uh, go, go to iTunes and uh, 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 make a review. Uh. <laughs> That's what he really sounds like, but with the magic of editing, we make him sound normal. In PR. Very <laughs>
1: Very sexy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hello. So. Anyways, Chris,
3: what are we doing today? All right. So, this week we had an opportunity to chat with uh, the co owner of Backcountry Brewing in Frisco, Colorado, and here's how that conversation went. Today we're joined on the phone by co owner of Backcountry Brewing based in Frisco, Colorado, Charlie Ezer Thanks for joining us, Charlie. A pleasure to be here. If you wouldn't mind uh, just telling us a little bit about yourself and, and how you personally got into brewing.
6: Uh, I was an owner, a serial entrepreneur, owned a number of technology companies, did some stints as an officer of public companies, sold my last privately held technology company in 2004, did some interim uh, work around the country as, as an interim CEO while they were looking for a permanent replacement of various companies, and just got tired of traveling. So my brother and I, who's my partner, uh, investor partner as it is, uh, we bought a steakhouse up in the ski resort area of uh, near Breckenridge and Copper Mountain in Fisto, Colorado in 2009. Then in late 2010 we decided we want to expand our interest and we bought the existing backcountry brewery and restaurant, which is at the other end of Main Street, system And up until that point, they'd been around about 15 years, and in that 15 years, they had had uh, concentrated on brewing product to sell at the restaurant, and they had limited uh, direct distribution to a few ski resort bars and restaurants and, and tap locations. In 2012, uh, you know, as we got deeper in the beer business and I became more intrigued with what was going on and the quality of the products, i had already been winning a lot of medals at GABF and other competitions, we decided to invest in expanding the brewery and uh, put in a packaging line, a bottling line, and again distributing beer along the front range, uh, I, I guess, uh, late 2013, and the product was even more well-received than we anticipated, so we enjoyed that, and because we had a connection down here in Texas that wasn't related to the beer industry, but eventually it turned out to be related as that individual got involved in running a a craft distributor here in Dallas, uh, we chose to ship some beer down here back in the fall, and uh, see how it did. And it did very well, so it put us at max capacity. Uh, and, and we kind of felt like we needed to do something when this opportunity came along, and uh, by happenstance, and we wound up here and roll out brewing beer. Uh, The the core thing to everything we brew is we want our product to be very balanced in flavor, so we ferment longer than a lot of other breweries do, sort of like slow cooking in a crock pot to get the flavors to be even, as opposed to one uh, characteristic of a hop or a barley jumping out too much. Uh, And uh, we want to be very approachable for that person that, appreciates a good quality, well-balanced craft beer, as well as not to be too shocking for somebody that's crossing over into the craft beer scene. So that's our philosophy behind brewing, and we've we've stuck to that. So we don't do a lot of extreme things. We don't do a lot of things with flavors uh, that are a little bit more spontaneous, I guess, if you will. Basically, our philosophy is: if it goes in a pie, it shouldn't go in our beer. So we don't do pumpkin beers. And <laughs>
2: <that's> <laughs> cool. Understandable, yeah. but we do. We
6: do do some. We do do some uh, periodic uh, brewing where we might involve peaches or, or blackberries, but it's, it's not very often.
2: Okay. Well, I assume you have so a past history like many brewery owners, where you started off as a home brewer. How long have you been home brewing?
6: Actually, not. Really? You know, and we bought that and then then I got into home brewing because I, I was fascinated by the process and, and I knew I couldn't get involved in the production side of things. And I, I started pulling around at home and, you know, wore out my master brewer by asking 5,000 dozen questions. And, <laughs> you know, my trial and error proved that I myself am a better connoisseur than I am a brewer. <laughs> you know, fortunately, uh, we have a staff that's far much, much better brewers than. than I, am. I understand what I what I uh, want, and and
0: uh, I have a staff that's been able to formulate some great products. Okay, well, that's good. It's a lot of good information. Hey, and as far as your uh, production rate in the, in your uh, distribution uh, area, what well, I know, I I read somewhere online that uh, buying this property here in Roulette, uh a firewheel. Uh it bumped you guys up to about 6,000 uh barrels, is that correct?
6: Uh that that would be our current production capacity. Unfortunately, we have no expansion capability in Frisco, Colorado at our, our primary location. Right. Uh fortunately, this facility has substantial uh floor space to add fermenters and continue to grow a lot, but so I would suggest that we're right about 6,000 barrels current combined capacity. We could add another three to 4,000 barrels of capacity here. Oh, so okay. we can get to that ten to 11,000 range combined, and then we're going to face the same challenge again.
0: Right. And uh, so you said 6,000 was uh, what it is in, in Colorado currently?
6: Well, it's, between the current rollout capacity in, in Colorado is 6,000.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So, what, what was your uh, and, previous? And we
6: add another 4,000 plus here in Rolette by adding fermentation. So, uh, you know, uh, combined capacity is currently 6,000, expandable to 10 or 11,000.
0: Okay. At the most. Okay. And uh, so, and uh, how wide is your distribution? I, I couldn't find a lot of information online, but. Uh, I know you have a lot in Colorado. Is it mostly Colorado right now and
5: some uh,
6: it, North Texas? It was only the front range of Colorado oh, okay. until uh, September of this year when we shipped the truckload of product down to our Dallas distributor, which is full-click craft distributing And we uh, uh, immediately ordered another truckload and another truckload, and we realized we were going to have a dilemma. And yeah. in our industry, you face that dilemma a number of ways. You expand, and that has a su- substantial delay to it. Right. You build another facility, which is a year in the making. Uh, you uh, contract brew, or somebody else brews your product with your label on it. Or you develop a partnership with a brewery called an alternative proprietorship in our industry, where you're basically running a facility. You go in and brew your product, but you have control at the end of that product. And we had uh, established uh, a contract brewing it that we did not use, uh, but intended to use to satisfy Texas. And then this opportunity came along, and we didn't have to do that.
2: Okay. Cool. Yeah, and speaking of this opportunity, for uh, some of our listeners that might not know, it was announced recently that Backcountry Brewing was purchasing the former Firewheel Brewing location in Roulette. Um Charlie, give us some background on how that unfolded.
6: Well, uh, we tend to support our product uh, whenever we can. So we participated in the Dallas Untapped Beer Festival, I believe that would have been November 6th, down at the the Fairgrounds adjacent to the Cotton Bowl. Mm -hmm. And every brewery was given the permission to bring three kegs, one keg of each of three styles. And uh, to our good fortune, we ran out of beer probably 6.30 in the evening (laughs)
5: <laughs> and uh,
6: the event lasted to 10 o'clock so we we packed up our tent and decided to uh, investigate you know, our competition in Texas so I spent a little bit of time in the grouping of Texas breweries and uh, came across Firewheel and there was a big sign saying come to our closing party next uh, Saturday so we came to the closing party and then I did some investigation to understand that the uh, uh, the owner, owners I guess both said, the investor owner and the primary operating owner had decided to not continue and they were going to liquidate the, uh, the assets. And, and we uh, uh, saw this as an opportunity to uh, just buy the company yeah. and keep its name uh, and then start brewing our product here and change our trade name. So that's what we're doing. It was just a pure accident, <laughs> yeah. very, very positive accident for us. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> and for them, I guess it was a decision that, that for whatever reasons, made sense to them to sell. I mean, I think of December, we bought the stock in Firewheel Brewing Company and uh, filed with the state to change the trade name to doing businesses by Country Brewery and Taproom. Since then, we've been uh, remodeling, cleaned up, fix up, clean up, and we've been brewing uh, Uh, some test batches because we wanted to make sure our uh, recipes transferred uh, uh, without a a change in flavor or or consumer experience.
5: Right.
6: And now we've just started uh, brewing uh, in earnest uh, production uh, for uh, probably release into the Dallas market to our distributor in mid-February.
1: Awesome. That's very cool. Um, as far as your recipes are concerned, what are some challenges that you think you'll face in recreating your recipes in a different region since Texas is a little different from Colorado?
6: Well, that's why we did the, the test batches, which just finished in December. Was, you know, there, there's some difference in the characteristics of the water, but you're also dealing with at 9,100 feet in Frisco, and you're here at twelve hundred feet here. So we. The atmosphere itself and its impact on boil points and uh, the uh, action of the yeast when it intermingles in the fermenter is somewhat different. So we we did a lot of research and we felt we had that nailed. And then we did a couple of test batches and, and made the, the last couple of fine tunes, if you will, uh, to to the steps of process, the time of the boil. Uh, the point of adding hops et cetera, et cetera, and uh, we're confident that it'll be uh, transparent from a consumer's perspective.
1: Okay, very cool. Um, so when is your targeted opening date for Texas, and do you have anything planned for the grand opening? Anything we're going to
6: have a grand opening weekend, uh, January 29th, 30th, and 31st. Obviously, there'll be two trucks of food vendors here. This is a tap room, and we don't provide food products. Right, right. Uh, we are going to uh, try to make it a, a very uh, consumer-friendly, guest-friendly experience. We're, you know, our beers as most tap rooms will be five dollars a pint or six snifter, but during that opening weekend, there will be four dollars per pint. Of which, every pint we sell, we're going to put a dollar. Uh, in the tornado relief fund, so oh, wow. basically yeah. the consumer is getting a five dollar bill for three dollars, and and they're making a donation to us to the tornado, tornado relief fund. Wow, awesome. that's, that's really great! Cool.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. I
2: have a feeling all four of us are going to make a trip up that weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> Absolutely, we'd
6: love to have you. <laughs> we'll be pouring probably uh, we'll be pouring six beers at least. Our impale saison, which is a silver medal winner. Our breakfast stout, which is one of gold in the North American Birds Association. Our double ITA, which is one of silver at NADA. The pale ale, which has won two golds at GADF. The amber, which is one of silver and a gold. And uh, perhaps our pilsner. Uh, and then we're going to introduce a beer that we did just this last week. That'll uh, be fermented and finished off by there. I guess we did it almost two weeks ago, and it's going to be an exclusively Texas IPA, it's a product that we won't we won't ship out of the side of the, the state of Texas.
0: Awesome, that's cool. That was actually <laughs> yeah. one of my questions. I was curious if you do something specific for Texas. That's <laughs> good to know. Yeah,
6: yeah, and and that, that product will never leave. You know, and and right behind that, then we'll be releasing our first uh, artisan series. Oh, okay, which. Uh, uh, the artisan series is going to be in bombers. The first release will be a uh, bourbon barrel aged English barley wine, probably in a nine uh, and a half ten percent ABV. It'll only be in bombers. It's a single brew. We'll never brew it again. It's all hand bottled. It's all handcrafted. It was uh, aged in a whiskey barrel for 11 months, so we're just now mm-hmm. blended it out of the barrels and we'll start hand bottling it this next week. And as soon as we have final label approval from the state of Texas, we'll be uh, providing it to our distributor down here. Wow.
3: That's so, so cool. Exactly. The nice
6: thing about that barley wine is it actually gets better in the bottle
3: for three to five years. Oh, yeah. yeah definitely be looking forward to that so, one uh-huh. so
6: that's when you buy sell, or trade or, or whatever you want to do with it but it's one that you don't have to consume within three months or six months or any specified period of time cool. and then behind that and we we will do one of those artisan series releases every quarter so somewhere behind that will be a a, a quad that'll have a little bit of a uh, black hot peach flavor in it and uh, then we're just gonna do one every quarter and it'll be a single release never to be brewed again
0: that's awesome you should look at uh, all of these guys faces there <laughs> we're extremely excited
5: yes yeah. <laughs> yeah
6: and we did we did pour uh, some of it at a private event down here and it dis- disappeared as fast as we, uh, much faster than we'd hoped for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, because, but that's, you know, that's good news to us.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
6: Yeah. Well. And, and what we found so far, obviously, having been in a in Metroplex on the shelves and in a number of places for three or four months, is, is that it appears that the appetite for quality craft beer uh, in this part of the country is is substantial. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and and consumers really are knowledgeable and appreciative of of the the finer aspects of balanced flavoring, and, et cetera. So we're, you know, we're excited to be participating in such a robust craft beer market.
0: Yeah, I, I guess that's the, the plus side to having, as a consumer, that's a plus side to have so many places to choose from. You've you got the ability to go and find the best one Rather than just whatever's available, so yeah.
6: yeah, and the definition of the best one is is you know it's sort of like beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Yeah,
5: yeah, very it's, subjective. You
6: know, yeah, it's sort of like hot sauces or chili. Some people <laughs> can't get it hot enough. Some people think even mild chili is is too spicy for them. Uh, you know, every individual every individual has a unique palate.
5: Right,
0: yeah, that's exciting. I'm I'm ready to. To visit you guys, <laughs> yeah,
6: great. Yeah, well, come on come on out that weekend. We'll be glad to have you. Pour you a nice uh, sampler of all of them, or a pint, or a snifter. Or, you know, they're all quality beers. Uh, not to say that there aren't a, hundreds of quality beers in the craft brew scene, but you know, which is the beauty of this industry too. We're not competing one with the other,
5: right?
6: Uh, the, the, the the true craft beers. Are made by small businesses that are independently owned, uh, that are American-owned, and they're not the big boys that are foreign-owned and and pumping out products uh, by the you know thousands of barrels
1: an hour. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't agree any more. Yeah. Well, Charlie, uh, thanks for taking the time to uh, speak with us today, and uh, we appreciate you coming on the show.
6: Great, glad to be here.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Charlie. You have a good one. You
6: do the same.
2: Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> that doesn't. Oh, that doesn't work. No.
0: <laughs> but thanks for opening it. it yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I enjoyed that interview very much. Uh, yeah, uh, it was Char- fun.
1: Yeah, Charlie was really cool. It uh, was very enlightening. Yeah, you know, it was really cool to know that he actually doesn't really brew. You know, well, he does a little
3: bit, but he's not like one of the head
1: brewers. That's well, he what something. I was getting yeah. at. You know, yeah. but yet he's a co of, of the brewery, yeah. which is really cool. So mm-hmm. it just yeah. goes to show you that you can do it no matter yeah. what your position. And well, I, I
3: see. I think it would be really hard to do all that kind of stuff by yourself. You know, trying to run yeah. the business and brewing at the same time. You know, you got to delegate out.
1: I, I think that if you're going to open a brewery, I think that you need to have at least you know two or three other partners yeah. to go into the business with. Oh yeah, you know. minimum. Yeah.
0: So the way I see it, though, he had a really good opportunity to to make business out of it, paying someone else to do it for him. Since mm-hmm. he had the steakhouse, he had an audience, so, you know, the, the, um, what are they called? Uh, loyal customers for the his steakhouse, mm-hmm. you know, that he's got someone to share that beer with, you know? So then they go out and spread the word. So he had someone to sell it yeah. to in the first place. It wasn't like he's just a brand new brewery and he's trying to sell it to somebody. It's not like, hey, guys, uh, this is our steakhouse. We've got this new beer we want you guys to try. You know, maybe give it, give away a little bit of it first or sell it really cheap. You know, that, he he had the market for it. Mm-hmm. so Yeah. That,
3: I'm yeah. really excited they're bringing
1: all that stuff to Texas. Oh, yeah.
3: I'll, Some of that stuff he was talking about is going to be fantastic. Yeah,
1: the, the artisan series oh, stuff. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. that's going to be cool. Yeah. We're definitely going
3: to have to go to their grand opening party. I think that would be a lot of fun. You know,
1: if we get that barley
3: wine, we can save it. Yeah. yeah I'm, if, cool. I'm going to buy a couple of bottles of it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, just to reiterate, he said that their grand opening weekend would be January 29th mm-hmm. through the 31st. So I guess they're going to yeah. have activities every day. It's probably a Friday, Saturday, Sunday.
3: We have so much room for activities.
2: Um, yeah. food trucks and... <laughs> Probably music and, just, and yeah. just tap room. If you haven't been to the uh, to the Firewheel or the X Firewheel location, um, you know, and I actually haven't either. I went to the very first one, which was tiny, and it was in a little uh, almost like a, a business shopping center. And then they closed that one, and they moved maybe I think two blocks away. It was very close to their current location that Backcountry's moving into. So I've seen pictures. It has a really nice tap room.
1: Um but I haven't actually visited it so well he also said that they redid the tap room yeah, i bet to make it they more
2: I bet they didn't change much though' Because it's already set up for taps for seating for welcome It has like brewing equipment so mm. yeah you know I bet the turnaround is really quick you just swap out the signs and maybe yeah well he said something but about wanting
3: to make to it more comfortable <laughs> and and welcoming yeah but so. they're, like they're not
2: knocking down walls no, and no. Yeah.
3: yeah
1: maybe they just funede it I You know, I never got to go to the Firewheel Brewery when it was still open. Yeah, I didn't I didn't either. Honestly, I the, only,
0: the only beer, uh, brewery I've ever been to is Rar.
1: That's the only one I've ever been to. I haven't yeah. been to Rar either. So, you haven't been to Rar? I have not been to what? Rar. Oh, I've I mean, only been to Martin House.
0: I, I still want to go to Martin House. Yeah. That's the next one I'm going to go it's to. It's cool. But, oh, actually,
2: well, Backcountry is going to be one of the next ones you go to. Yeah. Because yes. Because all four of us are going to go sometime that weekend. Mm-hmm. And if you happen to be there... Whenever we're there, you might get a chance to meet us. You
3: we should, should just—we should make shirts live so in that, person,
2: so that we're recognizable. Yeah,
1: that'd, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs>
2: just Like it, it says, Eddie with an arrow pointing up, and like we can all switch it up. So like, I'll wear the Eddie shirt, <laughs> and then Chris can wear the Sawyer shirt. Just make yeah. hello. My name is Eddie. <laughs> Anyway, Eddie can uh, wear the Sakar shirt, and people are going to be like, yeah. "Whoa, really? You do not sound like you look,
4: this man, cigar bro." Hey. Yo was pop,
2: and <laughs> boom goes the dynamite. Hello, Gavna.
1: Yeah, I think so, one of my,
2: my favorite takeaways was whenever we asked him about what the changes or your challenges from doing the same recipe and making the same beer mm-hmm. in a different area. And one thing I had never thought about because you know we've talked about. In, uh, in our conversations with other brewers that have moved from, like, say, Fort Worth to, to Dallas, uh, the community, Jamie Fulton, for example, he used to own the Covey in Fort Worth, and then that closed. Now he works at Community, and he came to one of our homebrew club meetings one time, and he talked about just the differences from moving, you know, from one community to another. The water difference was huge, and so oh, yeah. they had to do mm-hmm. s- a, tons of test batches just to try to recreate and get that exact same taste and flavor, mm-hmm. you know, just— changing levels and and compounds and everything that's in the in the water yeah um and i did not even think about what charlie said did change in elevation yeah but how just a huge difference it makes on basically every aspect of brewing and fermentation yeast water boiling yeah didn't even cross my mind yeah
1: i find all that very interesting it'd be really (laughs) cool to do that and be you know be hands-on with it yeah you know other than just home brewing, like do it on a larger scale. I Somebody think. in our club um, had the chance to be a brewer
3: for a day. One of the the gifts that was given away at the Christmas party mm-hmm. was, I think it was with Martin House. Oh, that's cool. Mm. I think. I'm, I'm not positive. Um, but he's also in the BJCP class with me and Travis. Oh. And so when he showed up on Tuesday for the class, that was the day that he did his brewer for a day mm. and he looked rough <laughs> oh, really? he was like dude it was a long day it's lots of hard work he was exhausted
0: yeah but i'm sure as as a full-time brewer it's it's rewarding yeah yeah
3: know? oh yeah and he it's said he left to come to the class so it was probably i don't know six ish when he left and he said they were still going yeah they had to finish whatever batch they were doing that day yeah so i'm sure it's pretty nuts i think it'd be really cool to see yeah i would like to see it yeah so anyway cool so today we're going to do things a little bit different we don't have a set style and you know history and and all of that so since we had the opportunity to interview charlie from backcountry brewing we just decided that we would try to get as many of their beers that we could find and we're going to taste those So we've got a good collection of of what they offer in our area. And from the interview, it sounds like that availability is going to drastically change. Yeah, yeah. big time. So Availability
0: and uh, variety. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Did you just slur availability? I might have. It kind of sounds like poundability. Five poundability right now. Yeah.
0: So I guess that takes us to uh, tasting, and our first
3: one we're going to try is...
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm Ron
1: Burgundy? (laughs) Uh,
3: Maybe? So we're going to take our break and get our beers lined up.
1: Yeah.
0: So our first one is uh, the Amber. Uh, He's asking us to create our own path on this map of the (laughs) backcountry that's a 5.7 percent uh and this is actually formerly called switchback amber Uh, backcountry amber is copper in color with a smooth multi-flavor pleasantly noble hop aroma and slight bitterness from german hops um the backcountry brewing which whose elevation is at 9,097 feet is tucked amongst colorado's most majestic mountain peaks and has been brewing beers and perfecting recipes for those that chose to create their own path since 1996. Um, huh. Yeah. That's the bottle. It's uh <laughs>
1: Thank you, Eddie. Is that green?
0: The label is uh, uh, it's yeah. a map.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Like a topographic it's like map. Green movie. and blue. Is that blue?
0: Yeah, blue. Yeah. <laughs> and a brown bottle, right?
1: Yes, yeah, a brown bottle. Yeah, brown bottle.
0: Okay.
5: Green. <laughs>
2: yeah, it What's looks that? like uh whenever Charlie came in in 2010, that that was part of the rebranding. That they had several previous uh, or already existing recipes and award-winning styles that uh, you know, had different names, and they wanted to make it very simple because a lot of their beers are backcountry amber, backcountry pale ale, mm. backcountry okay. you know whatever what it is whatever it's the said. style is. Yeah. Yep. And so it it does notate on the bottle that it used to be this, but now it's this. In case you're somebody who has been a long time fan follower, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, because they've been around. For a long time, and they've uh, definitely been award-winning for a long time as well. This one in particular, the Amber, has won several medals. Uh, it won a silver in 2011 at the Colorado State International Competition, and then again the next year and in 2012 at the same competition, also got a silver, and then uh, got a bronze the next year at 2013. So it's I mean a very consistent award-winning beer, yeah. um, and I'm glad that that Charlie mentioned some of his uh, some of the awards that they've won because mm-hmm. we as homebrewers we know whenever we make a good beer. We can taste it. We share it with our friends, but it's always nice to have that recognition from an outside source, uh, oh, yeah. you know, especially a you know a well-renowned like beer competition.
5: Yeah.
2: So, yep.
0: yeah, it's a, it's got a, a
2: nice uh, amber color. Like That's
0: really? amber.
1: Yeah. Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. It's not.
0: Yeah, That's no, amber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's a nice color. It's got a nice aroma. Uh, it smells great.
1: Yeah, it does smell really good. The amber style is the very first beer that I ever brewed. So, you're an expert, right? On this style of beer. Sure. Okay. Something. Like that. No.
3: <laughs> the room was really nice. You get like a, a very balanced malt and
1: mm-hmm. hop aroma. Yeah. Yeah. I like this beer.
0: <laughs> I like this beer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to say That's it twice. Say it once. That's fine. Sorry. Very approachable. It's real smooth. Yeah. Do you think this is their flagship? Like the one they sell the most of? Oh, uh, I would
0: think so. More, maybe. D- definitely more than their double IPA. That, that, IPA <laughs> that double IPA is good, but I don't think it would sell as much as this would. Uh, or that Imperial I, Saison. Which I haven't tried yet.
3: That one uh, was really good, too.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, I am out on
1: that. <clears throat> yeah. But yes, yeah, I, I would think this is one of them. Do y'all get a lot of sweetness with this beer? Yeah, but it it's, yeah.
2: a, it's like
0: a malty sweetness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah.
1: Okay. Just making sure I'm not going crazy. I like that. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, I
0: agree. I would agree that's approachable. Yeah. So. Hop flavors
3: uh,
2: yeah. subdued. Yeah. Yeah, with yeah, the I mean the there. German
3: hops, it didn't say which ones. It just says German hops. Mm-hmm. So mm.
2: so you're going to get like the, the yeah.
3: herbal spicy. Right. Yeah.
4: Vibes, yeah. But it's definitely in the background.
3: Mm. Pretty subdued. Yeah. It's
4: a pleasant beer to drink. Yeah. It is. This has been one of the most balanced beers I've ever drank, I think. Because you can pick up a little. For me, you can pick up a little with the hop taste, but it. Seems to be uh, negated quite a bit.
2: Yeah,
4: I really I like it a lot. Yeah,
2: so this is uh, definitely not a hoppy amber. No, oh, no. Which I mean, you may yeah. see those advertised. This one is uh, kind of one of those you come home from work, you you want to chill and relax with a beer. This is what you reach for. Yeah.
4: One thing that I like about it as well is uh, the heat on the very, very, very back end of it. No. I get you a get lot some, of heat. You get, you some get warm. Heat? Mm-hmm. on heat? the back end. A well, well.
2: touch of bitterness.
0: Yeah, I, I don't get much heat in the in the back end. Uh, that's me, though. It might be because yeah. of your uh,
4: uh, rancor,
3: but <laughs> maybe so. It's well at five point seven.
4: Maybe you just have a high tolerance for heat. Yeah. probably. Maybe. Who
1: knows? Well, he does maybe like for that the Knob, knob Creek, and let
4: us know what you think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You might as well just kill it. There's not much left. Nope. Who me? Yes. The Knob Creek. Yes.
0: <laughs> nah. No, next time. Okay. <laughs> so, I need I need to go change tires today, so it's not. Uh,
3: <laughs> so we had mentioned. Uh, I thought the, you said you're retired. <sighs> I, I'm uh, retarded, <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, we had mentioned before the elevation change, uh, these beers are obviously from, uh, Frisco, Colorado because yeah. they haven't started, uh, bottling and distributing here yet. So with that elevation change, has anybody notice anything different with the
1: carbonation? I mean, it's, you, there. it's not as carbonated as a lot of other beers here.
0: It's kind of weird. I, uh... Don't taste that weird combination we had last time. Today, like we did that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, it seems kind of normal to me. It's not very different.
3: Yeah. Because I know that was something we talked about before. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not really getting anything strange or no. different. Or no, not today. It's, I like no, it's it.
4: extremely balanced.
3: Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah
0: that it, it seems normal. Last time, yeah. it, it was kind of weird. Yeah. Maybe,
3: maybe the bottle got shook up a little bit or something yeah. in transport. That might have been it. Yeah. But yeah. I think... It's fantastic. Yeah, this is
1: good beer. So what's your poundability rating? Five <laughs> <Yeah>. poundability rating.
2: <laughs> it would probably be pretty high for this because it's, you know, smooth and balanced. So mm, seven and a half for if me. If you uh, if you needed to pound one while, you know, riding the
1: lift up the slopes or or while uh you know hopping the moguls, whatever. You're going to do moguls while drinking yeah. beer?
2: What, what do we have to be doing?
1: Oh, my gosh.
4: You <laughs> wouldn't do
0: moguls while drinking beer? Okay. If you're chugging it while you're, you know, ski jumping.
1: And- <laughs> you do a backflip. You D- a backflip, yeah. yeah. Take the drink while you do the backflip. I'll go with a seven. Yeah. Seven. I would have to say that mine's an eight. I would have to go about an eight. I think this is extremely poundable.
3: Yeah, I'm at like seven, seven and a half. Yeah. Travis?
2: Yeah, I think I'm right up there with you. Mm-hmm.
3: About an eight. Very smooth,
4: very drinkable. Yeah, it's not much bitter to very it. Very approachable. I, don't think. I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah. It's a good beer. I would
2: recommend it. You know, this what? is one time. Uh, one time when I went skiing with my cousin, we uh, we went. You know, we had some beers in inside our our our, our hidden pocket <laughs> inside the jacket. And you ride the lift up the top, and then you ski down, laying you know, on like halfway or something. Find a little secluded spot, and we would bury a can of beer under the snow, and then you go ski to the bottom. And then ride the lift up again. And then when you ski down, you remember where your spot is and you stop. And you're like, okay, we'll
0: have a beer break.
2: Often, like the trees. (laughs) Nice.
0: I've never gone skiing. Probably wouldn't do that with a glass bottle, though.
3: You a lot of water skiing.
0: I've never done that either.
3: All right. Let's move on to our next one. Okay. That would be the Pale Ale. That's all it's called is Pale Ale. Is it very pale? Looks like it. Uh, The bottle says, formerly Telemark IPA. So they had it as an IPA first, apparently. Yeah. Uh, it says Backcountry Pale Ale has a deep yellow color and a blend of lightly kilned malts, coupled with distinct bitterness and flavor from Northwest's finest hops.
2: Nice.
3: So Northwest hops, Travis.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, it, it was an IPA, and in the two thousand edition, the year two thousand of the Great American Beer Festival. It actually won.
5: Oh (laughs) my (laughs) god, it's awful.
2: In the year two thousand, final singing. In the year two (laughs) thousand, Great American Beer Festival. (laughs) This beer or this recipe actually won the gold medal in the IPA category.
4: Oh, say word.
2: Yes, (laughs) but uh, I mean. Now, in 2016, 16 years later, the uh, the profiles and the styles have changed. So due to the evolving hot profile, they changed the name and the classification from an IPA to a pale ale. But this recipe did win a gold medal at JBF, a very legitimate competition, mm-hmm. uh, 16 years ago. Yeah. But now it is a, is a pale ale.
4: That's pretty awesome because I know just hanging out with you all and, and talking to you about brewing and stuff like that... Um, I've noticed how y'all, you know, you've all intend, you intended to brew a specific style of beer, Pacific. but then, you know, after you get through drinking it, you're like, wait, this actually, you know, fits this style a little bit better. So that's something for, you know, end users to keep in mind is uh, yeah. like, even though you, you intend to brew something, um, after you drink it, you know, but, you, you may want to base your classification off of what the BJCP guidelines actually stated as versus yeah. what you intended it for it to be. Because yeah. so many styles do blend together so well. You know, it's you can confuse good. so many different styles.
1: Mm-hmm. They talk
2: about that in our homebrew club a lot. Mm-hmm. Whenever we're entering beers for competition, it's like, you know, if you set out to brew a dry stout and then you taste it and you're like, Well, you know, it's it's actually kind of more of a sweet stout. Mm-hmm enter it as, as what you think it tastes like and yeah. what would, would be the, the best one. So the uh, they talk about that in, in the homebrew community as well.
3: And even what you claim on the forum too, like if you say um, stout with coffee is what you intended to brew, like you put coffee in it. But then if you don't get any coffee, then don't mention coffee mm-hmm. because then if you mention coffee, the judge is going to be looking for it and then they're going to say, oh, I don't get any coffee out of this. So they'll, they'll dock you points for that. So you got to be really careful, not, not necessarily exactly what style you put in.
4: Yes, that's important, but also what you claim on there. Chris, don't you have award-winning beer as well where you intended for it to be like uh, English and then it turned out to be American or vice versa or something like that? Um, yeah, I, my barley wine, I initially wanted it to be an
3: American barley wine, but then once I tasted it, it was English barley wine. And it's award-winning. So that's what I entered it as.
1: It was, it was the English? English. English barley wine. Speak it English. Yeah. He
2: had to think back through his... Uh,
4: <laughs> All the awards that he's won.
2: Yeah, because you said you had an award and he, he sat there and he's like, well... Well, I mean, the see. the very first award I got, this
3: award I got was well. the um, the Black IPA. And then there was another IPA, just regular... <phone rings> you brought it up, Shikar.
2: <laughs> what are we drinking nice. next? Well, I'm glad you asked.
3: This is the Backcountry Paleo. It also says create your own path.
2: must be a a motto
3: anyway um cloudy orange
2: yeah this one had a little sediment in the bottom i got the bottom
3: white head
2: the aroma is so good it's a citrusy hop aroma oh yeah oh my god
1: i like this beer yeah
2: Mm -hmm. i get some hops in the nose
1: oh yeah that's fantastic that's really good
3: definitely agree with the pale ale Label though yes. I do too yes one hundred percent with with you know we we talked Travis talked about this a second ago but with today's standards of what an IPA is I definitely there's there's a lot more malty backbone in this than what I
1: would yeah expect I, to get out of a, see, an IPA and going back to the amber I thought the same thing about the amber they had more maltiness than usual which I like.
3: Well, I mean, there's two ambers. There's the, you know, the regular amber, and then there's Hoppy Amber. When you look at the BJCP guidelines, there's two different oh, ambers. I did not know that. Yeah,
1: just kidding. JK, <laughs> you
2: know, a big part of this too is the age of the bottle. Um, mm-hmm. Both the ones we had today were bottled in July of last year. <laughs> July, and it's now January nineteenth. 2016 brought to you from arlington texas so <laughs> eddie travis whenever Chris. we go Chris. to the tap room on the 29th or the 30th so or the 31st and we try this fresh here i'm willing to bet that this is going to be a completely different beer uh, yeah. yeah because yes while you can get some of the the citrus notes and, and elements of the pacific northwest hops it it's nowhere near as Punchy. i guess yeah present mm-hmm. as what it What I imagine it will be whenever we try it and it's been brewed, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe a month before or weeks before.
3: It's got a kind of a residual sweetness to it, too, Mm -hmm. which is okay.
4: Yeah,
2: because hops drop off really quick. That's the first thing you lose. And with this being over half a year old at this point, you know, I I bet whenever it was bottled, it was a different, different smell, different Mm -hmm. flavor than it is now. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things that, that Charlie talked about is when you you know, when you make your beer and then you send it out, you kinda of lose you, you lose control of it. Right. Um, yeah. just with the distribution side of things. And it's worth noting that we did
3: not purchase these at Total Wine. Yeah, we did. Oh yeah, we did not. <laughs> they weren't even available. Because Total Wine doesn't carry backcountry. Mm-hmm. Nope. Travis went to what four different places before he finally found. Went to
2: Total Wine. I looked at uh, the the new Specs, specs in Arlington, yeah. and they looked in their system, and they said, "Well, the other Specs have one of their beers, but not the one that I went to." I is that like, the okay. breakfast out? So, yeah, yeah.
0: And and now now that he told us, you know, what his distribution situation is, it's not so weird. Uh,
3: so yeah. I understand. Yeah, <laughs> but it was some little corner store off the highway called Fossil, Fossil Creek. Fossil Creek, yeah. Fossil Creek, yeah. Fossil Creek Liquor, yeah. and they had all four of these. Yeah. They're good old, taste Dower, yeah. something gardens. Thank you, and, Fossil Creek Liquor well, Store. Well, actually, when I bought the the pale ale, the six-pack of it, the guy was like, oh, man, somebody's finally buying that. It's a great beer. Yeah. And I was like, he's like, have you had the other ones? I was like, no, I'm going to. We're all, you know, I have a bunch of friends. We're all going to buy each one, and we're going to trade them out. And he was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So. He liked it, and he was excited to see somebody buying it. That's good. (laughs) Well, maybe they just
1: wanted to clear it off the shelf. I don't know. No, no, they have a lot there. It's really good beer. Yeah, yeah. that's
2: that's the weird thing about the distribution side of things is that you know you sign a contract with a distributor, and then the distributors have contracts with merchants. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so even though you know you may be able to to get your beer around the area if that distributor doesn't have a contract with that particular total wine location, or that particular Specs location, yeah, because that's what the the beer manager at Specs said. I was like, you know, do you guys have any backcountry? He's like, no, we don't have a contract with them. And so, it, even though they do distribute their uh, their breakfast out to the other Specs locations in the metroplex, that one didn't. Yeah, you just have to have hey. you know, Yeah, so that, yeah, there's, there's so many cogs that work in the system,
3: and I think that's definitely going to change now that they're going to be, mm-hmm. oh yeah, quote more local. You know,
2: Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more locations. We're going to see more variety. Maybe Kroger
4: Marketplace. More taps. Hashtag. hashtag. You know
2: what? He said they're going to have bombers and maybe. Did did he say canning line? I don't know. I
1: don't think so. If you can't find a beer, you ought to check out the Kroger Marketplace. (laughs) You never know what you're going to find. Yes, we went to Kroger Marketplace yesterday. And did it live up to what I was saying? Yes. Yes. It was... It was pretty. It was pretty awesome. See,
3: <laughs>
0: hashtag.
1: Thank you. Beer I took a picture matters. of it. Maybe we
3: should put that picture on our website. They
1: have a wall of Texas beer. I mean,
4: and so only Texas beer as well. It's I'm, just I, Texas beer. I know, but
1: then you walk down the the cooler aisle and they got everything else. Five yeah. pound palatability rating. <laughs> I give it a seven
3: and a half. See, I I would not want to pound this. Just I wouldn't either. But that's the rating I would give it. It's. This is something I could just sit back and sip on. It's fantastic. You could drink this all day.
1: I could drink this all day.
3: <laughs> I go with a six.
2: I'm not gonna do it.
3: I'm gonna go with a six also. Not because it's bad, but no. just because I would rather sip it.
2: Yeah.
5: Yeah.
0: I'll drink
3: this.
2: It's it's like I'm gonna slowly. do right now. About a six. <laughs> well, if uh if you really wanted a sipper and Full of hops, then you're gonna love our next one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What is that? Qué bueno que preguntaste. <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, all the Spanish speakers are laughing right now because they got it. The
3: two subscribers we have in
2: Mexico. Two subscribers from Mexico. <laughs> all right, moving on. We are bumping up the hop editions, and we are uh, in front of us. We have the double IPA. We are really moving up. Create your own path. Yes. Oh. And we're going to create Pretty our sure. own path to the, uh, I think, the highest alcohol one that we have with us today. Awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not, I mean, it's not the uh, the bourbon barrel aged barley wine that we'll be looking forward to or in the near future. the Imperial Saison that I had yesterday. That was, I had which that Which was fantastic, by the I way. Really I had that. good. Yeah, that one was available on tap. I didn't get a chance to try it, but I haven't seen... I haven't seen that anywhere else, basically. That was Taps and Caps yeah.
3: in Louisville? Lewis,
4: the, the Colony. The Colony, I mean. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, that side of the right highway is Louisville. The other right side of the highway is the Colony. Me. Oh, is, is that how it works? Yeah, I, I looked don't. at the I looked at the address. It said oh. Louisville. Anyway, continue, Travis. Yeah. I mean,
2: while we're on the subject, because we have four beers with us today that we were able to find in bottles. Yeah. Um, the two we had, Palo, Amber, the Double IPA, and the uh, Breakfast Stout, which we're going to have after this one. Next. The... Uh, the one that the that they had on tap yesterday was the Imperial Saison. I haven't seen that one anywhere else. Fantastic. Um it's really good. But then the information I pulled off their website said that they also have a year round wheat, pilsner and porter, which oh, I haven't damn. I haven't seen those. And then mm-hmm. they have several seasonals listed. The Berliner Weiss, which would Ooh. be that would be great to have. Um uh, Doppelbach, a double. And then uh that's all that they say. So there's um, already several beers that we know exist and it's not listed on their website.
1: They don't have anything with Paradise Seeds. <laughs> Probably not. That oh. might
2: be the the uh the Texas IPA that he's talking about, the exclusive. Ooh. Maybe. Texas IPA with Paradise Seeds.
0: That'll be nice. I'm looking forward but to it. Yeah, that. sounds
2: like that I mean they have really big plans for the uh the Rallette location and, and just how how it's gonna change their operations. So lit. Yeah. I was really Braille hoping they would it. have something Texas specific. That yeah. That's awesome.
5: Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. This one's their double IPA, formerly known as Fix Your Heel. <laughs> what? Uh, Did you just <laughs> Is it Y E
3: R? What? Fix no. Fix Your Heel
2: <laughs> 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 They're not in Texas
3: yet. <laughs> this
2: <laughs> That's our welcome to them. This beer has big notes of citrus, mango, peach, and grapefruit. We use generous doses of late-edition hops, along with artfully crafted malt bill to create a beer that is nicely balanced.
3: You know, I think it was really funny in their interview when he said, if it goes in a pie, it doesn't go in our beer. <laughs> I laughed at that, too. <laughs> that was funny.
1: But I like pie. <laughs> yeah. That's but fine. they
3: still use other ingredients. Yeah. You know? Um, See. Si. Of course, I'm sure they didn't put mango, peach, and grapefruit in the beer, mm-hmm. but... mango. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But you no know, that, golf audio. that's what you'll get from the, the hops,
4: probably. Yeah. yeah. So are I, those and I get considered, it. like, off flavors, or no? How, no do you, that's how do you produce those flavors? Just the type of hop that you those use. Those are considered mm. esters. Whatever strain. Esters. Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: Yeah, whatever strain of hop you use, you can get different things,
4: uh, yep. as so, well as yeast. Yeah. So this may be a little topic, but, I mean, you say this from the hops, but how do you actually produce those flavor? or like how do the hops get to produce those flavors is it because it's just what naturally chemicals yeah. that you use they not that they use it's just
3: it's what, how the, they grow it's the lupulin inside the hop cone depending on the strain of hops i mean you started out with you know maybe a couple of different strains of hops they're just it's just a plant you know different just like you have different kinds of roses there are different kinds of hop plants then people started crossbreeding them it's like, okay, I get this flavor out of this hop and I get this flavor out of this hop. I wonder what would happen if I crossbreed them. So then you do that and then you get a whole new flavor. Okay. So it just depends on whatever compound
2: is in that particular hop plant. It's like mm-hmm. how red apples and green apples taste wildly different, but they're right. still, it's still the apple. same fruit as an apple. You know, d- definitely the same thing with hops. There's such a wide variance of flavors based on where mm-hmm. it comes from, what the... Uh, what the genealogy is of mm-hmm. of that particular hop vine.
3: And it's all subjective, too. Yeah. Oh, totally. I could, we could have the same beer, and I get this hop flavor, yeah. and Travis gets a different
2: hop flavor. So, and, and they put that on a label so that whenever you read it, you're going to look for that. Which, and you I drink mean, it and go, oh, okay, like, I, okay I see yeah, that. Yeah. I, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure we'll do that today. As we look at this beer, and it is a kind of a dark amber color. So kind of cloudy. It's darker than the pale ale. Yep. Just a little bit, yeah. I what see some stuff kind of same uh, off white head color.
3: It
0: smells delicious.
2: <laughs> mm. Now I get a I get a much bigger hop presence on the nose. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, this one absolutely. Yeah, but it's it's
0: a fruity hop. It's
1: it's really nice, really
0: good. Uh, it's a, okay, it's more like the peel, not so much the the stuff in the inside, more mm. than the fruit peel.
2: I just sniffed on my microphone instead of <laughs> the beer. <laughs> Did you get but any hop, microphone hop smells aroma? like nothing? By the way, mm. it smells, it
1: smells like electronics.
3: Okay, so you remember the other bottles were mm. July. Yes. This one is October seventh, so much right. newer. Okay. Nice fresh. One. Which I'm happy about. If you have a really old, you know, double IPA. It's kinda, not the same no, beer as it's, whenever it's it really was not, produced. No,
1: yeah. so I'm glad the, this one's newer. What was the beer that you brewed with all the brown hops? Oh, oh, India Pale Ale. Ale. Yeah, that's
2: what what an awful waste it was of my time. Like, that was like solid
3: DME. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it'd be it, all, funny. it all hardened.
2: <laughs> hey guys, try my beer. Oh no, it's bad. <laughs> I think isn't that think? like the only beer that you've dumped? Um, I think so. I made a uh, I made a mild. One time that tasted like pickles.
1: Mm. That yeah. one kind of didn't go anywhere. Wow, yeah. so let's taste anyway, it. This it, is really good. It is really good. And you uh, know what? I don't get a whole heck of a lot of hot presence no, in the taste. No. It doesn't punch you in the face. It's, no, and I like uh, that. It's not it, a hot bomb. But it's it's still really good. Mm-hmm. So I, I honestly just don't know, but what's... What, is a, what makes it a double IPA? Okay, so this is kind of a point of contention, mm-hmm. because people
3: cross double and imperial. Well, imperial okay. would be alcohol, right? Well, not according to some people. The way I think about it is double IPA, which would be more hops. Imperial is alcohol. So I agree with you. That's the way that I view it, but some people don't actually do it that way. I mean, this is labeled double IPA, but it's 8.9% alcohol. So, hmm. they could be going the alcohol route yeah. rather than the IBU
1: right. route. Interesting. It, have it. I mean, because every time we've had a an Imperial beer, like, for example, the Imperial Stout episode, I mean, every time it was Imperial, we had high right. alcohol. But have you ever seen a double stout?
3: Uh, I've seen the double brown. There's a double chocolate stout. There's a double brown, like you said. But I've never seen just a double stout. They usually label it imperial. So, which it's is why I, that's why I go that route. And then double IPA, I think, would be more hoppy. See, but I would think that too. You also, it gets to a point, I forget the number, I think it's like 80 IBUs. Once you pass 80 IBUs, it's harder for your palate to Pick detect yeah. that higher bitterness. So, it's like
2: diminishing returns. I see. Personally I view the terms and this is my opinion, double and imperial as interchangeable. I mm. think you can have a double stout or an imperial stout or a double IPA, Imperial IPA, and it still means the same thing.
4: Yeah. I that's me. I though. think
2: that's the way it ends up. Because Chris yeah. is talking about connotation. Yeah. Apparently I, I need
4: to drink more of those because I, I've kind of taken Imperial as more of uh, alcohol content. Me too. Feeling feeling the alcohol content. Versus a double is I typically taste it a little bit more, and I think or it might actually taste, be style not necessarily specific. even not necessarily even alcohol, but taste whatever. So this is IPA. So I, yeah, I think it might be style
1: specific. Yeah. I really think that someone whoever like whoever's in charge of BJCP needs to come sit down and BJCP. just put it in writing. Just decide what's what. what. Guidelines, you know, it it yeah. gets a little confusing, but. Commercial brewers don't care about BJCP. I know. But it would be nice to have some kind of form, if you will. Well, this is a question we can ask Charlie when we go visit their brewery. This is true. This is very true. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know? just,
2: I'm really curious. Yeah. I get some tropical fruit in the flavor. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah I do Stone too. Fruits. If I, I, get if I the aroma about it. Do you get the mango? I get the aroma too. It's funny because. Mm-hmm. It says mango, tr- so I'm thinking it. But.
4: As I drink this. Uh, for anybody who says they don't like IPAs, I would give them one of these. Actually, yeah, it's a really great starter IPA. Because for me, um, as y'all very well know, I'm not a big hop guy, and I'm, um, not, I'm not. I either. think you're getting there though, because you drank a Rancor and you said you liked it. Yeah, that I, one's. Really but I being. think I like the style of amber. And well, you can like those all are kinds a lot more subdued hot flavoring. Wait, than yeah. ambers? It seems Rancor like. is an amber. No. Oh, it's an imperial red, right? Yes, oh. it's a double red. Well, I was totally ah, right. see. This is but, what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing. So, like, I don't know. Um, I think you're getting there on the maybe, maybe, maybe so, maybe so. But uh, to me, this seems a lot more subdued. You know, it isn't very talking about the beer. To me, it isn't very hoppy. Um, yeah, I don't get a whole lot of hop character as far as bitterness. But I, I think this is extremely balanced.
3: You know, I, I just get cinnamon. <laughs> and all. typically,
4: whenever you're talking about IPAs, you're talking about. Hop It'd be forward. a very hop-forward, yeah. but this one isn't very, hop forward no. well, it's very know, hot forward Well, you know,
3: hop-forward could be flavor and aroma. It doesn't necessarily
1: yeah. have to be bitterness.
4: Well, okay. For me, it typically is flavor. Though. When you brew an
1: IPA, when do you put your hops in, in the boil? At what point in time? All of it? in the At the beginning. In the kettle? All of it? At the beginning. Typically. All of it. When, okay. When you're beginning, middle, end, dry hop, everything. If you put them on so the floor, it doesn't do it's, it's a ton of hops,
2: and
3: yeah.
1: ma- mainly towards the beginning of the boil.
3: No, not necessarily, no. I think no. This is all about late editions.
2: It even says it on the bottle.
3: Yeah, you can hop burst at the end, no bittering hop, and just Mm. wait until the last ten minutes and put a crap ton of hops in there and still get an IPA. But, you, but
1: if you wanted a stronger, more hop-forward IPA, you could do it Not beginning. necessarily, no. Because I thought that's when the bitterness,
4: that's where you get the bitterness from, is at the
1: beginning think, of the oil. I think most of the time, yes, the, but the hops beer set put I haven't been big fans of when yeah. it
4: comes to uh, the hops have been late-edition hops, such as like dry hopping, essentially. Mm. Because that for me, that's when the hops have been most present. That's when you're going to get your hopping. flavor and aroma. Gotcha. And for me, that's what I, I'm i not a huge fan of. I see. I just get the nuts. Mm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what beer are you drinking sorry all right well on to the my palatability uh, rating
1: <laughs> right.
3: well before we do that though i have a question yes at 8.9 percent alcohol does anybody get any heat or warmth no Mm-mm. no because no. that would affect the poundability rating for it's me actually, Definitely.
1: On, like i said before it's extremely yep. balanced for an ipa if a beer's delicious it, it affects a your IPA. probability. Double IPA, well, excuse me. So. Oh, yeah. e- even then, double IPA, it's really balanced. It's not like ridiculous, you know, bitterness in your face. Yeah. You know. You you go and pick up a Shiner IPA that recently came out and yeah. there's a lot
3: of hops in that. See, this has kind of a, a medium ish mouthfeel too. It's yeah. a little more filling, so I, I, I agree. think that affects the poundability too. I'd give this around a six. It's a fantastic beer. Mm-hmm.
4: Not poundable, though.
1: Yeah, I would say the same thing. Six, Six for me as well.
4: Six for me. i go down to about a five. Five. Mm-hmm. Because as I chug it, I feel like um, the bitterness really kicks up after the first three or four swallows. Yeah, I could see that. And so it makes it really, really hard to <laughs> pound it. Yeah, that's what she said. That's also what she
2: said. You know, and I, and I noticed at the very beginning of the interview, Charlie made a point to say that their mantra is they wanted to make balanced beers no matter what yeah. it was. Uh-huh. And... I think we've seen that over the past 3 even on styles that are, you know, that could be way over the top hoppy like a double IPA, it's still, you know, within the within the realms of a balanced beer. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. So then the this is marketed as a double IPA, but it doesn't taste like a double IPA because to me. Probably well, imperial. That's what we were me.
3: talking about. I think the double word has more to do with the alcohol since it is 8.9%. Yeah. Not the, not the hops, yeah. So, Which we could be wrong. Yeah,
4: it, we could. Be, I don't know. We'll for, have to. For we'll those to ask. of you who claim to not be IPA fans, I would definitely suggest going out and getting this beer yeah. and trying it out for yourself and making your own informed decision. It's got
1: it. a really good multi backbone, it does. just like the pale ale did. Yeah, it's. I mean, all three of these beers have had a really good multi backbone. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I would say start pick up a pale and then try the IPA.
4: Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I just go get this one and try it out. I mean, yeah, drink it, beer. Yeah, <laughs> You've drank beer before, or more, most of you have drank beer before, and yeah, beer. a lot of you will claim not to like them, so just try it.
3: Yeah. All right, well, let's, That's cool. let's move on to our last one of the day.
1: Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> that wasn't a question. Oh. No, I'm kidding. I need that. Thanks, Frato. What? He's well, not even here. Well, i got you. I'm, asked. I wish I just, you guys could uh, to our
4: real real. podcast because we're going to talk about beers that
1: have lots of giggles. <laughs> <laughs> there's no giggles in this one. No, there's no giggles in this one. Or that fuggles. will be. But it is a nice beer. Anyways, that we're going to create be. our own path to this one. This is the backcountry breakfast stout.
0: Uh, I'm just going to take 35 to 287, take it all the way to Colorado. And
1: this is a 4.4%. <laughs> you mean 20 to 287? Alcohol no. by volume. 35. Our breakfast stout is a crowd favorite. It is a milk stout that has been... starts at 20. What? I can take Continue, 25. sorry. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. a <Atta> boy. <clears throat> It is a milk stout that has been dosed with a generous amount of locally roasted coffee to create a full-bodied yet smooth ale. Beer for breakfast? Why not? See.
3: It's still a nice and now tasty nod to
1: brewing history. I wasn't even talking.
3: <laughs>
2: Thank you, you said NPR. You
1: said yes. To the dress? <laughs> Government warning according to Surgeon General women. Oh, never mind. <clears throat> Anyways, when's the uh, bottle date? Oh, uh... You're right. It is uh, 10 7 2015.
2: Okay. So, an October one. Uh, as a stout, this one could be, you know, could be still held on for a longer time. Yeah. And still be fine. So, we're not looking for a major hop character out of this one.
1: No. I mean, it's, it's also it very stout. low in alcohol, too.
2: Yep. 4.4%, which yeah. was surprising. Mm-hmm. So is that is, typical for a stout? Dry stouts, yes. Like if you get a Murphy Stout or a Guinness, they are oh. typically in the low fours. Oh, okay, I had no idea. You know, almost like three point nine. Yeah, they mm. they're just really honestly. I, I light always assume
0: roasty. I always assumed they were high alcohol. Yes,
2: and you would think so because yeah. it's like okay, well that's like black <laughs> as sin, so it's got to be you know seventy nine percent. Well, 69%.
3: and when you think about when the word stout actually came about, it was a porter. It was a stronger porter. It was a stout porter. Right. So then it just got shortened to stout after that. So you would think, but,
4: you know. I think Guinness and Nitro.
1: They have that?
2: It's what? yellow.
4: Yeah, <laughs> no, in the it's... bottoms, they have a nitro, a nitro pack in most of the Guinness bottles. Oh, huh, interesting. And that's what I think every time I hear stout. So then <laughs> my mind automatically associates all stouts with Guinness because that's what <laughs> it... we're used to. That's the commercial the, or some kind of mouthfeel thing. Whenever I think stout, I think full a, a body, bigger mouthfeel. Yeah. The it's only, dark. Well, it, it's almost like drinking a milkshake for the most part. I it's, think it's Tim Fitty. thick <laughs> this, <is> one,
0: <laughs> this one has a really good uh, coffee. Uh, oh, um, yeah. Coffee and, like, uh, cocoa.
1: Yeah. Um, the only thing I've ever had on Nitro was the left hand milk stout.
4: I'll give you my left hand. Uh... <laughs>
5: He's right-handed
2: oh, though. I see what you did there.
4: <laughs> I am right-handed. Thank you. I said Eddie's right-handed. Oh, I'm going to picture
3: of you guys in my poop whenever I poop later. Okay, so <laughs> I, need I need to unplug
2: Travis. No! <laughs> <laughs> Everything goes so well. Well, um, we're looking at this one, and it's a uh, very it's, dark color. It's black. opaque. You can't see through it. Yeah, it's, Creamy uh, tan
3: head. hmm Tan head. I really like the way this beer looks. Yeah. I do too. It
1: smells good.
0: And, and like I said, I, I pick up a coffee and cocoa aroma.
1: I don't get much cocoa. I get a lot of coffee. I a think it's coffee. more like Baker's cocoa. <laughs>
3: yeah. Kind of the bitter chocolate.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what uh, I meant. Yeah. There's a reason for that. I found this last night in my notes. Uh, this last one. Night? Yes, the breakfast stout is, it's a milk stout. So, I mean, similar to like the, uh, the liquid. So, it has okay. lactose in the boil. Yeah. But it also has locally roasted Guatemalan and Costa Rican coffee. Mm. So there is a coffee element that's added to this, and it certainly comes through in the aroma. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. You've mentioned it. I pick it up. Definitely. Well, you think breakfast, you think coffee, so it makes sense.
3: Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. <sighs>
3: yeah. Bacon. This is good. Yes. Yeah. Maybe like
1: Martin House should put coffee in there, daybreak. And there's no heat.
0: No. There's no heat uh, from it, uh, That's which, which that's I really a, like. 4.4%. I, yeah, I know. So there's no heat at all. No. And but it it's, does it keeps that but chocolate even, taste and e, everything
1: even in an imperial uh wow <laughs> imperial thank you uh even in an imperial stout you can't <laughs> you can't taste the heat so sometimes you can i
3: i have yet to find one I, I think can. the only qualm that I would have about this one would be the mouthfeel. It's a little on the thin side. Yeah, yeah, it is as, on the thin as far side. as being a milk stout. Mm-hmm.
1: But you know what, though, it makes up for it in the flavor. No, it's fantastic. That's a really when, good
3: beer. When I drink it, I would expect mouthfeel to be a little bit more. So it's it, really the only the only issue. Yeah, but so it's not even really an issue. It's just personal preference,
1: in yeah. my opinion. This would, that would make it more poundable to be it, have it a thinner mouthfeel. Yeah. It is a lot yeah. poundable.
0: A lot more poundable. A than. lot poundable. Could a you pound this poundable. all day? <laughs> I could pound this all day. Yeah, because it's one, the flavor is good, and two, you know, it'd be like drinking coffee, yeah, to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't this, like this. Would be to a good fire, day, fire night beer too.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. We should probably, we should start our uh, smoked episode with
1: this. <laughs> <laughs> Have a campfire series. Yeah. Ooh, I like that idea. I do too. With smorg, <laughs> smorg. instead of just the roush beer episode
3: said you ran a campfire that Travis wants to do
1: hey
2: hey 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 smoked beer every day what
0: i can't smoke beer every day i got, I it. got it
2: thank you I don't, it. No, oh. I don't get it obviously you didn't listen to dr dre in the uh, uh, i was going to say maybe sacare just 2001 release the but chronic
3: dr dre so i, I like,
1: don't typically listen to dr dre i don't either i listen to Obama. how do i know that and i'm the whitest <laughs> person here
2: and I beg to differ. Regional oh, music. that's right.
3: <laughs> it's still a nice and now tasty <laughs> nod to brewing history. Yeah. True. So, so it's
4: interesting. Um, My Scottish based heritage, off all you the beers that we've had that. today by Back Country, B-A-C-K Country, B- yeah. country um, we've touched on some things that me personally, listening to this podcast, you know I don't really like. But I've actually liked every single beer that we've had so far.
1: Yeah. yeah interesting Th- these are all really um, well balancing this
4: stout i wouldn't category. have thought it was a stout i mean if you're just basing it off a of color how dark it is so on and so forth yeah okay but if you were to drink it you know with it being a lot more thin a lot more light it isn't so filling as you drink it as well mm-hmm. i wouldn't have thought it was a stout i don't know what i would classify it as but
3: maybe that's part of the breakfast part of the breakfast yeah, stuff, and, because it's you know light stuff lot, not gonna fill you up yeah just enough I'm not going to let you down.
4: I like the coffee element. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's it's great. I have to say, so far, this has been my favorite mm-hmm. company so far.
1: Can I drink this before work every morning? You can. You can. Four point four. Yeah. No, I'm sure no, you'd probably true. be
4: okay if you had one. <laughs> I don't know. Have you met Sawyer? Yeah.
1: No, I take that back. <laughs> Two Coors Lights. Uh, I haven't had a Coors Light in a long <laughs> time. Had a boy. My. It's been at least a week no <laughs> my in-laws tried
0: to force feed me a bud light and i was like oh mm-hmm. uh-uh. did it's, you give him a ghost face killer i did give. Him, <laughs> oh man my my excuse me my father-in-law's uh aunt loved it she loved that ghost face wow i was really surprised the one that i, I least expected she's she's like yeah she pounded one yeah
1: <laughs> it's been about seven months since i've had a Coors light at least I'm going to call you a liar on that one. No, you can't because it's true. All
3: right, so poundability rating, speaking of pounding, breakfast out. I'll go with seven. Really? This is still good.
0: Yeah. yeah I'm, I, I, it's not too heavy for the mouth. And
3: uh, Yeah. Uh, I, I think I might go like six, six and a half maybe.
1: I would say seven as well. It's perfect.
3: Travis?
0: I'm going to pound the crap out of it.
2: <laughs> and not Travis. We need a number. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty, pretty easy, pretty smooth. I mean, nice chocolate notes, and it's, you know, you got the uh, the lactose, which just smoothens it out. Yeah, and is it's that a word? Smoothen? Smoothen? Oh,
3: you said smoothen. Smoothen. No,
1: smoothen. You said smoothen. I'm pretty sure you said smoothen. I, I agree with that. <laughs> are you drunk? Are you Travis drunk? No. Okay. Are you Travis? How oh, Travis? Are you drunk? I'm quite happy with this beer. I like this. <laughs> I like it too. I like it's it's fantastic. it too. It's great. I like this beer. Sure.
2: Uh, I do What's like this
4: beer. What's your probability on it? What what, do you, what seven? Yeah, what do you, what do you think, Sakar? I would go with the seven as well, and that's because it doesn't have the bitter bitter taste to it. Um, mm-hmm. As you're drinking it, it is a little more thin. So it does, and with like Travis was saying, with the lactose, it makes it a lot more smooth as well. Mm-hmm. So as you're trying to chug it, you're trying to pound it and stuff like that. <clears throat> it you don't have the bitter taste, so that doesn't inhibit it and stuff like that. So I would definitely go with like a strong seven. I wouldn't go to seven and a half, but right right at seven or so.
2: Nice. Yeah, this is good.
3: I like this beer. Me too. I would actually be interested to see uh, the difference if they have uh, an actual stout faucet on their tap wall or if they serve it on nitro or is something. Is that like
1: the really pointy one? <laughs> yes. Okay.
3: I guess you could call it that. But anyway, if it pours, I like your beer. (laughs) I like your beer. Also, I like your beer. I like this beer. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have the frat to laugh on that one. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Anyway, anything else about this one?
3: No. Or backcountry in
1: general? I I like this beer. I like this episode. This is kind of a yeah. neat change yeah, for us. It's cool. It uh, feels good to kind of get out of the usual thing. Yeah, because we didn't really know what to expect.
2: Um, honestly, if you have followed our podcast for a while, then you know this is the first time we've done a Bruhu Spotlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I would like to do another one, and uh, certainly appreciative to, to Charlie Absolutely. for his time. And, yeah,
1: and you know, it's it's really cool with, with Backcountry, you know, what they're doing with the tornado fund, a relief actually. fund. Yeah. You know, if, yeah. if those, for those of you that don't know, we had a couple of big tornadoes that came through and ripped apart some communities, town. and yeah. uh, for every beer that they sell, they're going to donate a dollar. All the more reason to go drink some beer. Yeah. Yes. Not only are you drinking
3: some fantastic beer, but you're helping out a good cause. Exactly. Yeah. So, check out their website. Uh, I'm sure they'll have some information on there about the uh, the opening party, uh, and obviously, you know, we, we mentioned the date. And all thing, everything like that for uh, for when that's going to happen. So, hope hopefully we uh, we'll see some of you guys there. But that'd be awesome. Yeah. So thanks for joining us for this new and different episode of Bruce Styles, where we featured Backcountry Brewing. Check us out next week, where we're going to do something even more different. We'll take this outside around the campfire and have some Roush beer. Uh. Cheers! Until then. <laughs>